This is Ringler Radio, where you get all the latest news and information about structured settlements from Ringler Associates, the first name in structured settlements, helping injured people and their families since 1975. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by Allstate, American General, John Hancock, Liberty Mutual, MetLife, Mutual of Omaha, New York Life, Pacific Life, and Prudential. Now join Ringler Radio host Larry Cohen. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Ringler Radio. I'm Larry Cohen, the head of Ringler Associates Northeast Operations, and we're glad you could join us again today. Well, today on Ringler Radio, we'll talk to a structured settlement industry consultant to discuss a variety of important topics in the workers' compensation arena, including the recent National Council on Compensation Insurance Report, workers' compensation catastrophic claims management, and the use of structured settlements in workers' comp. Quite a, quite a big and historic uh, area for us to talk about. Well, my co-host today is Duke Wolpert. Duke is Ringler's Director of Marketing based in Hartford, Connecticut. Duke is responsible for new business development across the uh, insurance carrier, TPA, and self-insured marketplaces in the U.S. and Canada. And prior to joining Ringler, Duke held leadership positions in the insurance and managed care industries. Uh, Duke actually joined Ringler in 2012. So welcome to Ringler Radio, Duke, and thanks for being our co-host today. Uh, Thank you, Larry. Certainly a pleasure to be part of the program. Great. Well, our special guest today is John Fostick, principal of Battery Hill Consulting in Voorhees, New Jersey. John has over 40 years' experience in domestic and international claims management and managed care programs. Prior to the establishment of Battery Hill Consulting, John held key management positions, including catastrophic claims manager at ESIS and national workers' compensation claim manager for One Beacon Insurance. Uh, John, welcome to Ringo Radio. Glad to have you aboard. Thank you, Larry, and thank you, Duke. I, I really appreciate it. Well, John, let's begin uh, the show by talking a little bit about your uh, your connection to the workers' comp uh, arena, how you got involved and started and all that. I know it's been a long career. Give us a little bit of insight on how it all began. Um, well, it started very early right out of college uh, in uh, 1970 um, when I was uh, very attracted to the insurance industry because of the uh, ability to make a lot of decisions. And certainly workers' compensation is an arena where decision-making, um, you know, is never uh, far from the uh, front. Um, I started at uh, the Insurance Company of North America in Newark, New Jersey. And um, New Jersey workers' comp is, uh, you know, a very challenging environment. And then over the years, I graduated to a a regional position um, with uh, the firm, and uh, it was acquired, um, uh, and it became known as um, Cigna uh, Property and Casualty. And uh, it was in that position uh, that I had both the um, continuation of home office uh, workers' compensation experience as well as spending about three and a half years in their international claim environment. And um, 
Australian workers' compensation, like uh, Australian football, well, is not for the faint of heart. Well, you know, it's interesting, John. Uh, I don't know if you know this. My background is also with Cigna. I, I was a Cigna claim person in the claim uh, home office uh, at 16th and Arch down there in Philadelphia for a number of years. So uh, we have a we have a similar background, I guess. Uh, we do, and that's exactly where I worked. Um, and then uh, in uh, 1995, um, I really wanted to have um, uh, some more firsthand experience with entrepreneurial organizations. Uh, so um, I went to um, uh, One Call Medical and then uh, later on uh, MedRisk uh, to really see how smaller organizations can uh, assist uh, the workers' compensation industry through their uh, innovative boutique products. Well, John, I appreciate the background, and I certainly had the fortune of working with you when you were in the industry prior to your uh, consulting assignment. Uh, let's turn for a few minutes on structured settlement planning. For those of our uh, folks in the audience who are unfamiliar, uh, when does the structured settlement planning process start in your view? Well, you know, in my personal view, Duke, uh, it really starts uh, much sooner rather than much later in the claim uh, process. And um, I would say the um, inexperienced uh, claim uh, representative uh, should consider uh, the exposure of the particular case that they're handling and where you have attorney involvement and where the injured worker is not able to return to their uh, former position, uh, the uh, claim uh, person uh, should start thinking uh, about a, uh, I call it an exit strategy or a, uh, a plan of action uh, to resolve the case. And the longer that this is delayed, uh, the more expensive it will become. And structured settlements are, of course, the key to resolving some of these complex cases. You know, John, uh, we hear sometimes the term last-minute settlement syndrome, uh, you know, people waiting to the last minute before they get involved with uh, a lot of different aspects of the settlement process. Uh, how often does that happen? And, and tell us about your, your perspective on uh, this last-minute settlement uh, syndrome. Well, um, it certainly happens more than desirable, Larry. And uh, as previously mentioned, it, uh, it happens uh, when there is not a clear focus, uh, when the case may have been abandoned uh, to counsel and the litigation process, and where the claim uh, representative uh, really uh, failed to have a strong plan of action in the, in the litigation. Uh, so literally the term last-minute settlement uh, really means you're, you're basically on the courtroom steps uh, trying to pull a rabbit out of the hat and get this case closed. And um, not many lead a charmed life, that's all I'll say. <laughs> well, John, let's take a look at uh, claims organizations. Obviously, we're working with carriers, TPAs, self-insured, self-administered organizations across the country. What are your thoughts about really optimizing the value of structured settlements to assure outcomes, as you suggest, to avoid the legacy situation? Um, it, it's an important consideration, what, what I call the infrastructure of uh, organizations, whether they be a carrier or a third party, 
um, you know, claims administrator, and I've, I've had experience with both. Um, obviously, you know, each of those organizations has a constituency to, uh, you know, respond to, but um, one size definitely does not fit all. So, um, you know, boiling this down, while uh, both uh, claims uh, administrators and carriers have, um, you know, medical-only personnel that handle minor claims, um, uh, they tend to go with more generalist for the vast bulk of workers' compensation. And, you know, that can be good if, if you know, all this, the moon and the stars are in alignment. But it is in these evolving cases, these uh, chronic pain cases, um, cases where individuals do not return to work, that I think there is the opportunity to look at uh, handling these in a different way. And to my personal view, um, you know, large law specialists, both, you know, on the claim side and, you know, also, you know, in the case management arena um, and certainly with the uh, defense firms uh, are, are key. Where that does not happen, uh, then the ability of the case to be resolved at a more, more favorable, you know, uh, basis, on a more favorable basis, um, you know, is less likely. Well, you know, to put it bluntly, John, are, are you suggesting that, you know, we don't have the right individuals handling these claims? Who should be handling some of these claims? Are you, are you satisfied with the way that works? Well, um, you know, it, it's a very broad question, but I would say that there are, in some organizations, um, the right people are handling the claims. I, I don't want to say that this is, you know, uh, you know, not the case. However, there is, in my personal experience working for a number of firms, uh, there clearly was the opportunity for a different skill set to be applied to complex cases. And specifically, that skill set uh, in the individual would be able to recognize the severity of those cases uh, much sooner and to apply, uh, you know, more effective uh, settlement techniques and uh, use all the best practices uh, to bring the case to a resolution. So we're not there yet, Larry. There's still a lot of room to go. Well, that's good to know that we're still heading in the right direction, but uh, like most things in life, we're not there yet. Well, let's take a quick break right now. Be back in a minute right here on Ringo Radio with more on Workers' Comp with uh, John Fostick and my co-host, Duke Walter. We'll be right back. This is Ringler Radio from Ringler Associates, the leader in the structured settlements profession nationwide. Did you know that Ringler is involved in a third of all structured settlement cases in the country? Ringler Associates works with all the parties in a lawsuit settlement to find the best possible financial solution for the people involved. There's a Ringler Associate in all the major cities of the U.S. No one has more experience than a Ringler Associate. Check out our new website at www.ringlerassociates.com for the best information for claimants, legal professionals, and claims personnel, and to find the Ringler Associate nearest you. When it's your interest at stake in a lawsuit settlement, you want only the best financial plan. You can count on Ringler Associates to structure a customized plan that meets the needs of you and your family for the future. 
Visit ringlerassociates.com to learn more. Welcome back to Ringler Radio. Glad you could join us. I'm your host, Larry Cohen, and today I'm joined by my colleague and co-host, Duke Wolpert, from our Hartford, Connecticut marketing operation, and of course, our special guest, John Fostick, principal of Battery Hill Consulting in Voorhees, New Jersey. John, let's take a look at the uh, National Council on Compensation Insurance Report, uh, also known as the NCCI report that was released in January of this year, 2013. What was the takeaway from this report? Uh, Give us some insight into the the report and how important you felt uh, the results all were. Um, I felt this was a very compelling uh, and powerful report, Larry uh, and Duke, uh, one that I would categorize as a big tap on the shoulder uh, for uh, uh, both the insurance uh, industry as well as self-insured employers. Um, when you look at it, you know, the granular level uh, information, um, it is, I think, you know, one of the first times where it's sort of like a peek into the future that if things don't change, um, this is what um, could uh, likely occur. Um, the report goes on to say that half of the uh, injured workers uh, in what is called by the NCCI late-term cases, that is, cases that, that, you know, carry on for 20-plus years, uh, are under the age of 60. And this constituency accounts for over 53% of the dollar spend. And, you know, drilling down, uh, you know, the drug costs uh, for these uh, groupings of individuals increased from uh, 13% in the portion that was under a 20-year from the date of accident to over 38% uh, 20 years or greater. Uh, Likewise, uh, a lot of hospital and inpatient costs. So uh, the bottom line here is that efforts are being spent on pain relief versus actually attempting, attempting to restore the individual so that return to work uh, is uh, likely. And were there recommendations as to how to move beyond the pain relief and get it back into the restoration area? Well, uh, this really was uh, left to the individual reader uh, and organization to come up with their own uh, strategies and techniques, but I would say Uh, The value proposition of the report was to say, if the status quo is maintained, um, there's going to be a huge financial uh, impact uh, as a result of uh, not really doing anything. And John, I think where you're going uh, with with the study was, for those that haven't seen the study, essentially the NCCI uh, estimated that 10% of medical expenditures that will be paid uh, this year uh, for workers' compensation claims are attributable to legacy claims of uh, 20 years or, or older, which uh, speaks volumes. Uh, strategically, I think that's a result of uh, organizations, claims organizations, settling cases with medicals only, uh, with the medicals open in states uh, that either require that meds stay open with the settlement or the decision is made to keep medicals open. Uh, it goes hand in hand with the Pareto principle that 80% of the, the lost dollars are generated by 20% of the claims in a program. Can you speak to that 
Um, yeah, I'm sure you've seen that in, in your, your prior experience in the claims industry, John. Fair statement that small portion of claims really drive the expenditures for the operation. Uh, you're absolutely on point, um, uh, Duke, uh, with the, the numbers as well as uh, what is going on uh, in the uh, industry uh, today. And most recently, you know, uh, while at ESIS, I was responsible for the administration of these legacy claims. Uh, and um, they um, uh, are, as you've also pointed out, some of them, uh, like in states like Massachusetts and Texas, you, you can't, you know, settle them. Uh, you have to deal with them. But, you know, even there, uh, they can be dealt with in a... Um, uh, a better way. Um, my real, um, you know, uh, perspective of the challenge to the industry is that in these older cases and in, in other uh, employers, uh, I've seen where they just, you know, are put on what is called a maintenance desk and they languish. And sometimes, as, as was mentioned in the uh, organizational structure, um, individuals assigned to these, um, you know, don't uh, have the skill set. Uh, to recognize what needs to be done. And even if the case is of a certain chronicity, there should be a constant probing to see if there is an opportunity to settle. Sometimes people's views change, medical conditions change. Certainly, if you're doing the right thing, they do. And uh, a structured settlement is, is, is an important uh, technique uh, to consider bringing this case to conclusion. Well, I think that's important for all of us to hear. Uh, tell us a little bit about these chronic pain cases, uh, John. I mean, those are the ones that linger on and the chronic pain, trying to deal with that. You mentioned it a little bit before. The treatment of the pain uh, becomes the kind of the maintenance pro process rather than trying to resolve the claim and get the guy back to work or the, or, or the, or the woman. What's the legacy of those chronic pain cases and how is it affecting uh, what you're talking about today? Well, uh, this is a continuing evolution of cases which just do not settle. And um, it, it's one area that, again, my personal view is that a chronic cane pay, uh, pay case, uh, you know, typically involving, you know, a back injury or, or injury to the joints uh, is viewed purely as an orthopedic injury. But when you really go below the surface, the chronic pain cases, which are categorized by a lot of uh, expensive pharmaceuticals, including the opioid uh, Schedule II, uh, there's a lot more that the tip of the iceberg, if you will. And my uh, recommendation is that uh, the industry start viewing this as a unique type of claim. Uh, it is uh, as much a psychosocial issue as it is a uh, structural problem of the spine. But unfortunately, you know, a lot of the industry um, is, is concerned that if we recognize some of these psychosocial conditions, we may be uh, buying into a uh, psychological claim. Well, if they don't, um, you know, uh, realize this is what is driving the claim, that it's not just, you know, orthopedics. They're going to lose out on the opportunity to perhaps apply uh, better uh, claim resources, to apply case managers who are specially trained to recognize sooner rather than later this claimant has other issues. Uh, and you don't have to buy into the psych 
claim. Uh, that can be handled as, you know, a non-work-related condition, but it is important to get the injured worker to the right uh, providers. You need a multidiscipline uh, a group of providers, not a generalist or not just an orthopedic. Uh, there are other things, and a knowledgeable right. claim representative and case manager can help. Uh, John, all great points. Uh, just You've commented uh, briefly on the cost of pharmacy, uh, the use of opioids, and at times the abuse of opioids. Clearly, we're seeing that uh, within the Medicare set-aside world of, of, of our involvement with structuring uh, several Medicare set-asides for clients across the country that Part D, the pharmacy components, are driving those costs. What's your experience with structured settlements and Medicare set-asides uh, given your um, years in the industry and certainly uh, since the early part of 2000, st- strategies are being developed around structuring Medicare set-asides given the value that comes along with that. So certainly appreciate your insights on that. Well, it's, uh, you know, a, a real contemporary issue, Duke, as, as everybody uh, who works in this business knows. Uh, I, I've been involved since 2007, um, you know, where, when the enabling legislation under the Bush administration, uh, you know, gave rise to uh, better protection of the Secondary Payer Act, uh, which had existed for quite some time. Uh, but you're absolutely, you know, correct again that the Part D uh, has caused a lot of uh, people to say, hey, you know, we, we, you know, we can't afford to settle this case, uh, so we're not going to do it. But again, they haven't, they haven't done two things. One, the basic blocking and tackling that, that you know, I mentioned earlier in the case um, get a better handle on what is going on, have the right case manager and right claim representative. That's, you know, the first thing. And the second thing is to, you know, um, work very closely uh, with, um, you know, the Medicare uh, set-aside firm uh, to make certain that all the uh, medication that's being taken is, in fact, you know, necessary go through the uh, jurisdictional uh, processes for challenging those where there is credible reason to believe they're not necessary or work-related, and then, you know, um, work with Medicare where they are reluctant sometimes to uh, accept the uh, allocation that is presented. And again, the, the key the, um, to, to opening the door to settlement is to look at you know, uh, structured, you know, programs where um, the claimant may and their counsel may uh, find that this will be uh, satisfactory for the overall uh, future needs. Well, you know, it's very, uh, it's gratifying that the NCCI report uh, advocated structured settlements as part of the overall settlement uh, strategy and process. And uh, I know you're a big proponent of that too, John. So that's uh, all all good all good things for all of us in the structured settlement industry, and of course, try all those people who are out there trying to resolve claims. I mean, the the whole essence of trying to uh, have claim resolution with some of the issues you raised today about uh, some of the pain and chronic pain and some of the pharmaceuticals that go on, and also the level of expertise of the people actually handling the cl- handling the claims. Those are all broad, broad issues, and I'm sure that. Uh, as you begin uh, a lot more of your consulting at Battery Hill, that you're going to be helping these uh, carriers and, and TPAs and self-insureds uh, handle some of these issues. 
Well, it is my passion, and I, I think that um, these are key areas uh, uh, that can help improve the uh, severity uh, for you know the insurance underwriting, but more importantly for the end customer and helping the uh, you know the economy by getting more people back to work. Terrific. Well, John, it's been a pleasure having you here. If someone wanted to get a hold of you, uh, how would they do that? What's the best way? Uh, well, the best way is, um, you know, my uh, website, uh, www.batteryhillconsulting.com or my email, jafostick at verizon.net. Uh, and uh, my phone number is 856-325-9965. Terrific. And Duke, uh, if someone wanted to talk to you, how would they do that? The well, best way to contact me, Larry, would be uh, by way of uh, phone or email. Email is DT, as in Tom Walpert, at ringlerassociates.com, phone 860-331-0420, and certainly have my uh, access uh, to my information on our website, www.ringlerassociates.com. And one thing we know for sure, Duke, you're always traveling. You're always out there on the road trying to help uh, companies... uh get the message about structures and trying to help them. And we appreciate that uh, here at Ringler and, uh, and in the industry. And uh, for all of you out there, uh, exactly, and for all of you out there who have been listening uh, and you want to uh, listen to any of these Ringler radio shows, go to ringlerassociates.com, ringlerradio.com, or legaltalknetwork.com. And, of course, on uh, ringlerassociates.com, you can find any of the Ringler Associates around the country to help you with structured settlement needs if you may have them. So, uh, John, once again, thank you very much for being our guest. It was uh, my pleasure, and I appreciate the opportunity. And, Duke, uh, thanks for being a great co-host. Always a pleasure, Larry. Thanks again, John. And for the rest of you out there, go have a great day. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to Ringler Radio. With over a million listeners, Ringler Associates, the first name in structured settlements. Visit ringlerassociates.com today.